You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling, proudly brought to you by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Well, on Saturday night here at Albion Park, we've hit fever pitch because Leap the Fame did it again. Brilliant. We've all been hearing about his heroic performance here on Saturday night. He's got one more hurdle to overcome, and it takes place this Saturday night. We reach climax point on Saturday night. It's the final night of the Racing Queensland Constellations for 2023, and the biggest race on the calendar is set to be run and it features Leap the Fame. We're talking about the Blacks of Fate, the Queensland Championship. It's the Grand Circuit event, the only Grand Circuit event held in the Sunshine State. The barrier draw conducted yesterday. He's drawn gate nine, two off the second row. And with tab fixed prices right now, he's currently at $1.35. So he is a clear favourite and expected to make a clean sweep of all of his features that he's competed in throughout the carnival so far. Patron's Purse, The Rising Sun, Sunshine Sprint. He's got this one more hurdle remaining, and hopefully he'll be able to do it on Saturday night. And then he'll head to Sydney for a shot at the world's richest race, the Tab Eureka, coming up on September 2, worth $2.1 million. It's quite extraordinary. I want to talk straight away this morning with the, uh, the club chairman of the Albion Park Harness Racing Club, Brad Steele, because... I just want to get his focus for this week. Where does he start with this week? Because, as I said, it's Leap to Fame mania right now. How does the club go about getting organised for Saturday night? And Brad's been kind enough to join us now. Brad, appreciate the time. You're welcome, Chris. Good morning to everyone. Where do we start as far as a club viewpoint is concerned? How do you sort of get your head around where to sort of begin with uh, preparation for Saturday night? Because this could be the biggest crowd that we've seen at Albion Park for quite some time. Absolutely, Chris. And I think where you start is with the the people that have already booked in uh, well in advance. We need to make sure that you know all their needs are catered for. Some people have booked in their hospitality uh, months ago, so we need to make sure that they're all looked after. But then, as you rightly pointed out, the club needs to be really able to pivot really quickly to respond to you know situations like uh, we've got with uh, with Leap to Fame, um, so we can quickly pull together all the activations that we need. And fortunately, we've got great suppliers uh, on board and partners that can help us pull together because we have this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity um, with Leap to Fame. So it's just about pulling you know, all your suppliers together, all the ideas together, and then just getting everyone to, to play their part. Um, but obviously, we're also wanting to appeal to a new audience as well. Chris, I know through some of the other uh, codes, the other equine code and the greyhounds, they too are obviously... You know, taking a keen interest in Leap to Fame as well. So uh, what the club's also been able to quickly do is work on creating some additional spaces to cater for the increased crowd. And we did that last week, and that worked uh, particularly well. But again, this week, uh, we're going to have even more people there. So trying to create those new spaces that are comfortable and able for people to participate and, and have a great experience. Do you have a figure in mind, Brad, that, you know, what you're catering for? Do you sort of have a figure that you want to sort of reach as far as this Saturday night is concerned crowd-wise? Yeah, well, Chris, we know through all the hospitality, there's about 1,200 seats um, through the various uh, areas throughout the complex. Now, they're all sold out. But then we also think, you know, you can probably get about 500 people 
uh, in the grandstand and there's some other spaces that we are trading to to try and get a few more people so we're thinking in the order of two two thousand and it's probably a good test for the club and the creek as well for uh, for the Indominion that's coming up uh, later this year which potentially will create you know a similar crowd if not larger yeah, it's a good point. Uh, so it's a little bit of an, an audition in many ways this Saturday night for what's to come. Now, you've been trackside, obviously, here over the past couple of weeks, taking in all of the action for the Winter Carnival so far. Um, your thoughts just on Leap to Fame and just seeing how the crowd gets behind a, a local champion. And there's something about it, uh, having a, a champion horse doing what he's doing on the track. But when it's a Queenslander, there's something extra special about it. I spoke with Crash Craddock about this last week. When they're from Queensland, there's that, you know, we're a proud harness racing state, no question. But there's that extra fondness and just seeing it over the past couple of weeks, how the crowd really get behind him at the top of the straight. They roar. And then when he comes back to the winner's enclosure, they want to get pictures and photographs. So it, it, it's very, it's very pleasing. It, it is, Chris. And, and uh, somebody once told me that, Champions leave a lump of your throat and a dollar in your pocket. And I think that's exactly what Leap to Fame's done, you know, in the last few starts. I must admit, personally, I was thinking in a couple of instances there where, gee, I'm not quite sure Hippie's going to win that race, but he has. Uh, and so just proves that point. They do leave a lump in your throat and a dollar in your pocket. And I think also when you talk about Queenslanders, I think we subconsciously like to think that we probably, you know, have a small interest in in the champions as well. We, so it's not as if we physically own the horse, but we do feel like we're emotionally connected uh, to champion horses and similar to our to our champion rugby league team, the state of origin team. Uh, we do like uh, to uh, see our state perform exceptionally well because it's probably fair to say that, you know, we haven't always been um, at the top of the tree in terms of, of horses in, in Australasia, but certainly we now do realise that our term has come where we do have the best horse in Australasia and many say potentially one of the best horses in the world. And sometimes uh, we don't realise what we've got until it's passed. And I know that that opportunity is not going to be lost on the club uh, nor the state. Mm, it's great to hear. Has he surprised you the way he's been able to capture the imagination, not only of the harness racing fraternity, but... You know, abroad, as you said, there's a lot of greyhound people. There's a lot of thoroughbred people that are taking particular interest. And we're seeing it more and more now with the, the way he keeps winning. You're seeing the, the, this far-reaching impact that he's having on so many people. Are you surprised by that? I, I probably am to a certain extent, Chris. Um, uh, Queenslanders do love a champion, be it a horse, be it a, um, a greyhound, be it a football team. But I think it's probably fair to say when you think across... Um, all the racing codes at the moment, Leap to Fame is the sprue course uh, for Queensland racing uh, across all codes. Uh, we'd all love to have one across the three racing codes, but it's probably fair to say he is the headline horse across greyhounds, thoroughbreds and harness racing at the moment. And everybody wants to be involved uh, with you know how well he's performing uh, and to take advantage of once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see such an unbelievable horse perform. Uh, I know sitting at or the races last Saturday, Chris, I was with a group of interstate people and probably about 600 metres from home, a couple of the people I was with said, this horse cannot possibly win uh, from the spot that he was in. And I'm sure many people were probably subconsciously thinking the same, um, but Grant Dixon knew what he was doing, obviously, and, and uh, that's what champions do. Just when you think they can't win, um, they crash through that brick wall and this horse keeps doing that.
Yeah. Does he do it again on Saturday night, Brad? The, the, the barrier draw conducted yesterday. You had the big golf day out there at Virginia. So does he do it again from gate nine? He, he does, Chris. Uh, I think what uh, what amazes me with this horse, my intuition tells me he's the sort of horse that can run four very, very quick quarters uh, where not many horses can do that. They, some might be able to run two or three really fast quarters, but this horse just seems to be able to run consecutive fast quarters. And I have a sneaking suspicion that, you know, maybe one of the reasons he raced last Saturday night is, uh, you know, he might have needed the run, uh, which is scary, but I, I can't see anything beating him on Saturday night, Chris, he just seems to be able to sit three wide. He can sit in the death. He just does what he needs to do to win the race. Um, so I am having Grant Dixon on board, who knows the horse infinitely more than anybody else. Uh, I can't see the horse being beaten. And as I said, he's one of the shortest price favourites that I've ever seen for a Grand Circuit race, and particularly here in Queensland. But it certainly won't stop putters from getting behind the horse um, at $1.25, I think it was the last I saw. Yeah. So that being said... If he makes the clean sweep on Saturday night, have you allowed yourself just to, to, to ponder what it could be like, scenes could be like uh, immediately after the race, again, when he comes back to that winner's enclosure? Have you allowed yourself to think what it could be like? I have, Chris, because I didn't do that last week, to be perfectly honest. I mean, that roar at the, at the uh, home straight last week was unbelievable. I haven't heard noise like that at Albion Park for decades. And I must admit, it, it got lost on me. I wasn't quite prepared for it, but I will be prepared for it this week. And I know that we're also making sure that we capture some images of the audience uh, as the horses come up uh, the home straight. Because I know we're going to be a capacity crowd. It's going to be a lots of noise. People will be cheering and we've got lots of giveaways. So um, I guess you'll see a lot of flags and a lot of leap to fame caps and stubby coolers floating around at the creek on, on Saturday night just to add to to the optics of, of the event. But I'm expecting a loud roar from the crowd, just like they did last Saturday night. And it was just, I was quite unprepared for it, to be perfectly honest, Chris, but we will be this week. Okay. Uh, if anyone's listening right now and they're keen to, to, to get themselves booked in or, or just get trackside here on Saturday night, simple process, just contact the club? Contact the club, Chris. Uh, and we've got lots of social media going out. Um, and so, yeah, contact the club. There are uh, only a couple, I think we're 95% sold out of hospitality. We've created a few new spaces to try and fit some more some more people in, um, but we are expecting a capacity crowd on Saturday night, and there's a few seats le left in some comfortable areas and recommend people to pick up the phone, ring the creek and, and uh, lock yourself in. Otherwise, it is free entry, so you're welcome to, to come along anyway. Okay, a couple of quick ones, just in closing. Uh, will there be a bit of a media blitz, say, between the club and Racing Queensland, just to try and attract that, you know, uh, that, that, that outside audience that are sort of watching from afar, but, you know, want to get trackside and see this potential champion in action? Yeah, absolutely, Chris. And, and what we've tried to do with Racing Queensland, look at what other mediums people are looking to get their news and information from and try and uh, spread the news through those different uh, social media forums. So we've done that. We've also elevated the number of um, uh, advertisements that we're doing on various radio stations throughout the week and also the club's uh, reactivating a lot of contact with its membership base uh, as well. And in addition to that, uh, all the owners that are coming here from, from interstate and New Zealand, uh, fortunately they're bringing lots with them. Uh, for example, we've got... Uh, Rob Tomlinson here with the Magnificent Storm from Western Australia. He's He's got 40 people coming from Western Australia on Saturday night alone. 
which creates um, you know an opportunity for the club and also a, a challenge to make sure that we find the adequate space for them. So it just gives you an idea of the size of the interstate presence that are coming here as well. And of course, they're here to support their horse, Magnificent Storm, but also to see a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to watch Leap to Fame uh, go around as well. But I know there's other interstate people and there's lots of Kiwis coming this week as well. So we have been actively reaching out to people this week to say this could be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to come and watch a champion horse go around uh, and try and get them trackside. Okay, excellent. And just in closing, uh, there's one more big social event taking place before race night on Saturday night. Thursday night, Breakfast Creek Hotel, the Calcutta. Yeah, Chris, it's uh, five o'clock from five o'clock in the Rumba. It was extremely successful last year. Uh, I think from memory, the winner got about a $30,000 check. Uh, and we're expecting to have a starting pool of about $25,000 on uh, Thursday night. And we're only selling 2,500 tickets, um, but we're expecting a fairly sizable starting pool. Uh, and again, it'll be, it'll be fully booked out by the time uh, Thursday comes around, Chris. Okay, he's going to be popular, isn't he? Leap the fame. <laughs> yeah, goodness knows uh, how much he might uh, go for, but uh, I, I would imagine there's a number of uh, people up here in, in Queensland and in the state that will be very keen to participate to try and purchase him, Chris. All right. Hey, Brad, really appreciate the time this morning. Uh, we'll catch up soon. We'll get a, a debrief of the, uh, the Winter Carnival of the Constellations for 2023. But enjoy the week ahead and enjoy race night Saturday night. Yeah, thanks, Chris, and congratulations to the amazing uh, race calls that you've been providing uh, everyone as well. Thank you. There's Brad Steele, the chairman of the Albion Park Harness Racing Club, joining us. So make sure you get yourself trackside. Here's Saturday night. Ten races. The big one is race number eight. It's the Blacks are fake. And eerily, this is the horse that he's getting comparisons with Leap to Fame. Blacks are fake, and he's out to win the race named after the, uh, the greatest money earner in Australian harness racing history. Blacks are fake. So... Look forward to it on Saturday night. Last Saturday night, not only Leap to Fame was a star, there were several others. The Group 1 Garrard's Golden Girl went the way of this star mare, Amore Vita, trained by Emma Stewart, Clayton Tonkin, Chris Alford. He had one drive here on Saturday night, Chris Alford. He walked away with another Group 1 victory, the most winningest rangeman in Australian harness racing history. And they're going to return to the creek again on Saturday night. All the connections of Amore Vita because she's going to take her place in that feature event, the Blacks of Fate, where she's up against Leap to Fame. One of the co-owners is Mike Adamson. He joins us online now. Mike, appreciate the time. Congratulations. Thanks for having us, Chris. Yeah, it was an uh, exciting night Saturday night, and uh, let's hope she shows a, a good race this week as well. Well, I'm sure she will, but that performance last Saturday night, it was extraordinary in so many ways. She was facing a second-row draw, high-quality lineup. Three wide solo for the last 900 metres, and like all good horses do, they dig in, and she had to pull out all stops, but she just proved her class there on Saturday night. She uh, seems to be showing us the will to win, and that's extremely exciting for us. She she started to do this late last year, and uh, when she when she raced against Cypher, and she's been doing it ever since, so she doesn't want to throw in the towel, and when they're, uh, when they're turning for home, you know that she's always got that little bit left. She's won 15 from 31. When they hit the line last week, it was close. Were you confident that she'd stuck the nose out? Oh, look, I was when you called her that she stuck her nose in front. And uh, I, I, I haven't heard you get one wrong. So I was a little bit confident that I did uh, 
paused the walk down the stairs for a second or two there, and it felt like forever. But uh, yeah, it was a wonderful result, and and we were so proud of the mayor that she she got the result for us. So walking down those stairs after it was confirmed, number was in the frame. It would have been like floating on on cloud nine. Yeah, look, every time those green colours go around that, that, that track, Chris, it's an emotional time for us, obviously, because of my father um, and the excitement. And it, it really was a great evening and the phone was ringing and Mr. Steve and my mother from New Zealand. And it was, yeah, it was a wonderful night and we were super excited. And, and just to witness it, the way it unfolded, it was, it was a privilege. Mike, you and your family have been involved in some really good horses over a long period of time. But... Is Amore Vita extra special, given that you raced a mum, Castellina Lover? She was a good mare. I remember calling her in a Queensland Oats here many years ago. So is there extra sort of satisfaction with her when she steps out and she's doing the job that she is? Yeah, look, there's a, there's a long history behind all these horses that we race. And, and as I said to my father and my mother now taking my dad's footsteps, it's, um, there's a long history. But I, I think Amore Vita... Is, is probably the best one we've seen. And um, Steve Dolan picked it early and he's been there all the way through guiding her through what she needs to do. And she's been privileged to, to be with some great stables over the past few years that have really found the horse that Steve said was there. So, yeah, it's super exciting. Okay, so she backs up again this Saturday night. And you had options on Saturday night. You could have tackled the race that you are starting in the Grand Circuit race, the Blanks of Fake. The four-year-old championship was another option, or was it clear-cut? Was she always going to go to this one? Look, I think Emma and Clayton, they make those decisions, and um, she she was probably earmarked for the four-year-old, and, and Emma and Clayton clearly made the decision to go to the big dance, and um, that's arguably Australia's best. So I'm sure they've got a reason for it, and we're excited to be there. So it's... Yeah. Um, Looking forward to Saturday night. Well, we're in the uh, the midst of Leap to Fame mania, and you've been following racing, as we just discussed, for a long time. He's a special animal, isn't he, Leap to Fame? Yeah, look, he's a big horse to be stepping over on Saturday night, and um, he, he deservedly is favourite, and he starts from a good barrier. So he will be hard to beat, and I'm sure that everybody is realising how good he is, and... I think just to be in a race up against him is um, is a privilege for anyone to. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So how many will be trackside here on the weekend, Mike? Oh, look, we're going to be this trackside, and I, uh, I haven't put it out to all my mates yet, but um, after the way Amore Vita went on uh, on Saturday night, just gone up, I had a feeling that you might show up out of the blue just to support her. And as I say, just to get around safe and, and run a good race. That's all we can ask for. And we... Um, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone is. And as you said, it's just a privilege to be uh, involved at the moment and going up against the horse, Mike Leap, to thank. Hey, Mike, really appreciate the time. Look forward to uh, the week ahead, in particular on Saturday night. We'll see you trackside. It's a pleasure, Chris. Thanks so much. There's Mike Adamson joining us. Uh, races this star mare, and she was awesome last week, taking out that Group 1 Golden Girl. Three wide solo, no favours, and they went brilliant time and tick over 150. And she had to pull out all reserves to score, and that she did. So it's a big test this weekend going up against the boys, and she's the only mare in this race. But as we know, it can be done. It's a horse race. Anything can happen. And uh, we'll see how it all plays out. She's got a, a wonderful team behind her, Amore Vita, Emma Stewart, Clayton Tonkin, and Chris Alford. So a lot to look forward to.
Another feature from last Saturday night was the inaugural running of the Hayden, named after the champion Australian cricketer, proud Queensland Matt Hayden. Great to see Matt and his family here trackside on Saturday night. He had a, uh, a blast of a time. There's no question about it. He was out there for a special dual-seater sulky race. And uh, to see that race named in his honour, go the way of a horse that sort of resembles him in, in many ways. Gritty, determined, strong, and just uh, refusing to take a backward step. That was Speak the Truth. He was able to score. And it was a deserving victory for the horse because he's been so brave throughout the constellation so far. The man in the hot seat on Saturday night was Adam Sanderson, and he joins us now. Adam, good morning. Congratulations. Good morning. Thanks, Chris. That was a good one to get, not only because of the prestige with this race, and it's a race that will continue to evolve in years to come, but to get yourself into the Eureka, that's a, uh, that's a big buzz. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, um, you know, it's probably only, as you say, it's only its first year, but, um, you know, the prize money was terrific, and, and that sort of added bonus just to... Um, take the weight off our shoulders and, and know we're in a race like that. The field's yet to be determined for the Eureka, but whatever happens, this guy's going to run a heck of a race, isn't he? He always puts in, like I said, determined, gritty, never takes a backward step. He's proven at that track, so he's going to run a heck of a race. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, you know what, what's there will we'll certainly give him a fight, but, um, you know, as you say, he's determined and he's strong and, and he'll follow any speed and you know, I, I go back to that Redcliffe run and where he ran third to leap to fame, and you know he was um, he was good driven with sit, and um, I think going forward, you know, in a race like that, that's going to be um, you know his go. Did you ever think in lead up to the Hayden last week, Adam, that all of these hard runs that he's encountered in, in the past couple of weeks would catch up with him? Were you ever concerned? No, I sort of I wasn't. You know, the progeny of better slot, they sort of they thrive on that hard racing and. And it's just what he needed to, um, you know, really strengthen him up as he missed all that, you know, the hard racing as a three-year-old. So, um, you know, it's been good for him mentally and, and physically. So I think, um, you know, it's going to, you know, lead him in good stead going forward too. Did the race un unfold the way you were hoping? You are able to work around them quickly three wide. You're up outside the leader, just passing the 1,200. Did, did you get there uh, at the right stage of the race? Yeah, pretty much. You know, I, thought, I was sort of hoping there would be a, a little bit more speed early, but, um, you know, Captain Shuffles rolled to the front pretty easy. And um, I, I sort of was not worried, but sort of, you know, I thought it, it, it sort of got there easier than I liked. And, but um, he appreciated, you know, getting around pretty steady and, you know, only going 54 mile rate instead of, uh, you know, what he's been going lately. I think he, uh, he appreciated that at the finish too. No doubt, no doubt. It's been a good carnival for you so far. So you've claimed the Hayden. Last week, you were able to pick up the DJA, the big trotting feature. So far, so good. And you've still got Saturday night to come. Yeah, no, it's been awesome. You know, um, you know, not, not a hell of a lot of drives, but just, you know, a couple of, couple of features to um, top it off. And, you know, the, the derby would be nice. But um, for some reason, this, this year, barrier draws have been terrible. So, um, you know, we're going to need a lot of luck in that one. Yeah, naturally, you would have been disappointed when those uh, draws were released and you've come up with gate 13 for sure thing, Captain, outside of the second row, but he's going super. Do you give yourself a, a winning hope? Oh, for, look, with the draw, I, I sort of give him a, you know, a big hope. He was uh, you know, certainly beat in the, in the lead-up derby and um, I think he's uh, just sort of furnishing into a racehorse. So um, it's unfortunate, but um, you know, that's a hand we've been out. So um, hopefully we can uh, get a bit of luck and capital loss. Mm. Unknown for a lot of these three-year-olds, but 2,680 metres in front of them on Saturday night. Do you think that might find a few out? 
Yeah, it always seems to. You know, if they if they run a good twenty six hundred, it, it sort of you know sorts sorts quite a few of them out. So um, you know that's going to be what we need a, a strong twenty six hundred, and you know a couple will get carried away and we can um, you know sort of be finishing over top. Mm. It could be lethal if the you know if it sort of unfolds that way. If there's a genuine tempo and you're sort of in a good spot without doing any sort of work, you could be really dangerous late. Yeah, he needs that. You know, um, he sort of got the you know. Some days he can over race a little bit and, and, and take it out of himself, but um, I was really really proud of how he um, you know, sort of acquitted himself last start. So hopefully going forward, um, you know that that'll sort of lead him in good stead. All right. What about the Group One Queensland Trotters Cup? Van Saint. What happened last week in the sprint? Made a, a late break. Yeah, you know he's um, he, he can do that. The bugger. He's um, you know some days he's on, some days he's not, and and the other night he wasn't. And it's a shame because he felt terrific and. Um, you know, I might not have caught the winner, but I, I thought he would have, would have run second the way he felt. So uh, we'll just tinker with a couple of things this week and um, fingers crossed, but again, another bad draw. Yeah, it's a bad draw. The outside of the front row with Van Sang, but again, like sure thing, Captain, if things sort of play out the way, you know, you hope, he's good enough to win this race. Yeah, for sure. You know, we, you know, you, he's he's been there and done it and he's beat these, these horses before. It's just... Um, uh, you know, a typical trotter. If, he, if he's on, he's on. If he's not, he's not. But um, he's definitely capable. Okay. Uh, Leap to fame. You've been chasing him all carnival. You'll be watching him uh, in the Blacks of Fake on Saturday night. Does he complete the big clean sweep? Yeah, I can't see. Uh, I can't see too much beating him. He's uh, he's just the full package. With doesn't matter how um, you know Grant sits on him. He's, he's uh, he relaxes and he and he's fast and he's strong and. There's sort of not a lot in that field that I can see uh, going with him. Mm. I think he proved on Saturday night deceptively fast, isn't he? The way he can just let down like he did last Saturday night at the top of the straight, he, he's deceptively fast. Yeah, I've, you know, racing against him, I've sort of seen it side by side. It's, um, you know, it's quite uh, scary. And, and he, you know, the scary part is he does it with quite ease. So, um, and he's only getting better, which is, uh, which is a worry for uh, competition. Yeah. Uh, you've got a number of drives today. I won't go through all of them, but is there one there that you can uh, steer our listeners into? Can we see Adam Sanderson in the winner's circle today? Uh, I've got a sort of, just a so-so sort of book there. Um, you know, a few need a lot of luck, but, um, you know, a horse that's going good, older sensation, he's, um, he's on the way up. And if he's, uh, he's, he's sort of nearing peak, if he's uh, there to strike, he'll, um, he'll go close. Okay. Race 10, number four, Elder Sensation. Adam, as always, really appreciate the time. As I said, it's been a terrific carnival for you so far. Two big ones, the DJA and then the Hayden, the inaugural edition of that new feature on our calendar. Hopefully there's one or two more group ones coming your way this Saturday night. Fingers crossed. Thanks very much, Chris.